Greetings, heathens and heretics, and welcome to what I believe is, or what feels like, the first normal episode we've done um, in a, about a month, I think, isn't it? It's, it's been uh, it's been a busy yeah. October, to say the least. <laughs> Thereabouts, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This, um, this, this, month, this month has killed me. I'm supposed, <laughs> old, I'm supposed to be an old fart, and it's like I've been gallivanting around like Willie Fogg. Oh, well, that's, yeah, that's a statement. That's one for the kids. Um, so yeah, it's, it has been a, it has been a busy month. Um, we we are kind of a little bit back to normal now. We've done a couple of album reviews, and we've we've you know, yeah, we've had a fair few gigs to go to in October. So we're going to um, we're going to go back over the month, do what we normally do, some of our favorite releases. But mainly, we're going to talk about the gigs we went to because uh, a couple of them were pretty memorable, and uh, our very own voice of reason has actually had a bit of an international flavor as well this month. So check us out with a bit of fucking foreign culture. <laughs> but, um, we'll come back to that um, we may as well start right at the beginning of the month we have already talked about it a bit a couple of times to be fair which was the Municipal Waste Tour um, but that's all finished now the, the tour's done and dusted I think it was largely sold out I think most dates or if not sold out they were pretty much sort of 90-95% which which is great to see a band coming over doing sort of 14-15 dates and, and filling every venue but um, that feels like a lifetime ago as well <laughs> <laughs> it's a month yeah. ago today, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is a month ago today. Well, pretty much a month dead on a month ago. Yeah, we took Fuck a you know, you, me, and Bean took a car down to Bristol, and uh, yeah, we met up with uh, a Nige, uh, we found and Gav. Dave, from, Dave from Black City, Gav, obviously, yeah, and not even we, we caught up with Ryan before the gig, before we saw the band, and yeah, we watched it. It was, it was Gel, un, Undeath, and Municipal Waste, which was um, nice. It was a yeah, it was a. I mean, yeah, it was a. It was a. Overall, it was a good gig. I think we all had complaints or, or concerns about the the sound. Yeah, it wasn't great. One great. Um, I mean, I I've I've joined the earplug brigade these days because I think I'm definitely noticing a difference, and I think I can tell when it it, it, it makes it more easy to tell when a, when sound is good when it still sounds good through the earplugs. Yeah, Funny. yeah. If it doesn't, then that's a bad sign and. Yeah, in that regard, it wasn't great. But, you know, all the songs are recognisable. God knows how much energy. They all slayed. They all gave it their full whack. And yeah. that's what you want. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's and it's nice to get away somewhere a bit different and go go somewhere where that you're unfamiliar and, you know, make a day of it. Yeah, that's true. The venue was quite interesting. One at the Marble Factory in Bristol. Never been there before. It is, it is as it says on the tin, it is an old, an old factory, uh, a tile factory, I believe oh, it was. Yeah. Um, and it was it was quite sort of spread out. There were several different rooms and whatnot. There used to be a festival there about ten years ago called Temples Festival. Um, but it is a shame the sound was a bit iffy because I really liked the venue. It was a bit different. The bar area was really nice and open, wasn't it? it never, no matter where it, you they, went, they, it didn't feel crowded, did it? Well, that's it. The 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 venue part was in one section, and that's it. Yeah, everyone was in there to watch the bands. Yeah, and then the big room next door was basically the bar and the merch stall. So yeah, people had, people were able, you know, not only have the space to buy buy beer and whatnot, without being too, you know, without being too slow and too many queues. You have the opportunity to stand around and mingle with space and go outside for a fag and yeah, outdoor space be, as well, which is unusual. You know, and, and yeah. swing a cat. Um, you could swing several cats. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and yeah, in that regard, it was a it was a great little venue. So uh, yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, it was. And a, a a shout out to Black City Records as well, who, who who took money off us. Just it just turned us upside down and emptied our pockets, basically. So yeah, um, 
it's bad. But yes, that was a, that was that was a fun one. That like I say, despite the sound, it was. I really enjoyed Gel. You know, I I sort of hadn't heard of them all that much before that tour. Checked them out, really liked them. But I thought live they were really good, really full of energy. Like the songs, I've I've got in some quite a bit since. So fair play to them. Yeah, lots of energy. You know what? It shocked me, but I honestly didn't recognise the guitarist uh, who you said was formerly of Symposium. Was it symposium? <laughs> it looked like it. It wasn't him. It just no, it wasn't. Oh, okay, right. Scratch that. Symposium, uh, and he was in. The, I know what you mean. He's in Hell is for Heroes as well, wasn't he? Look, he was spitting yeah. image. Oh, right, okay. spitting image, right? But um, but yeah, yeah, he, he's mistakes. But undeath, I wasn't so. I, I don't know. I I kind of get it, but I, I kind of don't. It's, it's sort of old school death metal. They went down well, you know. The, the place seemed to to really be into them, but. I'm I'm fussy with death metal anyway. They just don't really float my boat. No, no, I'm afraid, afraid I'm with you there. No, I mean it's they've got a fan base. They they seem to have that um, appeal to people. But yeah, like I say, I'm not a huge death metal ad- advocate either, so I can't really um, get into them in that regard. Yeah, yeah, but well, they look, they were they were pretty good live. They had a presence, so you know, fair play. Overall, it was you know it was a good gig and it was a you know it was a good tour. So. And look, we've seen municipal waste loads of times before, so it's you know they always, always yeah. deliver the goods, always. Yeah. You know, and look, look, they're our age and maybe a little bit older in some places as well, and still got unbelievable levels of energy. To be able to do that every night is crazy. You know, so yeah, fair play. That was good fun. Um, let's dig into a couple of albums, shall we? Um, what have you got top of the list for last month? What tickled your fancy? Oh, well, um, I think we'll start early on, actually, because I think we want to we want to maybe sort of leave the best till last, I think, because it could be a bit of a bit of a conversation, really. Mm. Um, yeah. So let's uh, let me talk about Svalbard first. Yeah, um, I think because that came out at the beginning of the month and that's uh, yeah the, the fourth album, The Weight of the Mask, uh, which came out, funnily enough, the day we were driving down there, October the 6th uh, yeah. on yeah. Nuclear Blast. Um, and as it is, I actually picked it up on vinyl from uh, Rough Trade the following day. So, uh, yeah, making sure I got that. Yeah, so, I mean, we both like this band. Uh, yeah, yeah. We had Serena. Serena was the first person to grant us an interview on this podcast. So, she was uh, indeed, yeah. Yeah, yeah so she we was. Were out there. Um, and we've, you know, we've looked forward to this album, haven't we? Um, you know, the term black gaze is what's been thrown about, which, I mean, Christ, there's all sorts of words there. But, you know, listening to this album, it does it does make sense because you've got that black metal tremolo guitar sound going on there. And, yeah, there is obviously the black metal gutturals that Serena favours. But you've got those moments of serene beauty and swampy sort of production. Oh, um, that, steady on. That is, uh, no, it, 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 it is absolutely you know, reminiscent of My Bloody Valentine and Cocteau Twins uh, and whatnot. That's a good um, shout, yeah. And you've got and you've got that blend, but it very, it, you know, it she, they favour they favour that sort of naughty sound, that uh, sorry, but post metal sound. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we got but we got from you know Deftones certainly yeah. around the time of their their 2003 self titled album. But also bands like um, Devil Sold His Soul, uh, and yes, even Maine when they were there at it. Um, and this is a damn good solid album. Um, you know, there's accessibility there. But I think the two lead singles um, they uh, they released uh, to begin with, 
Um, first one being Faking It, which which uh, opens the album. Um, you know, you've got all those dynamics there um, and a real, real massive bit of melody going into the for the chorus. Um, and to wilt beneath the weight, which again, it's, it's got the same same sort of things going on, but, you know, more impact. Um, and, and yeah, you've you've got in between the, the this up and down, this flow, this ebb and flow that sort of takes you through all that that heaviness, that intensity, you know, that 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 breathing, as it were. You know, they've they've given us another good album, but it is a bit of a grower. You know, it's it's immediate in places, but it's not one that's gonna, I think, be you know quickly accessible um, because it, you know they're not a catchy band in that regard. No. So you know, I would always say you know people give, give it a bit of time and i know I, I i'm not so keen on being told that myself but um i, I think their sound is is what what i think can bring you in because they they've got they've got those feet in sort of two distinctive areas do you think now is there the, the sort of point in their career where they're on you know what is considered a, a major not a major label but certainly a major metal label in nuclear blast and now is their sort of time to to make the next step. They've been around for over a decade now, and this album is it's a lot more polished in terms of production than it from previous. Yeah. Work. You know, there's a big difference there. It just sounds like it's 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 the next step for them now, and they could potentially, you know, be quite big over the next sort of twelve to eighteen months. Yeah, if, absolutely. If things fall right for them, kind of thing. Yeah, if they get the right sort of gigs and I think the right tours, um, they could. But it's. I think with a band like that, I can understand they don't want to, uh, you know, I don't want to say sell out, but kind of deviate from what they're doing because they do this yeah. well. Um, you know, I don't want them to become just another uh, anthemic band because they can do melody and choruses quite well. Um, you know, they've, they've got to they've got to maintain, you know, their own path and, and their own speciality and, and just 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 push it a little bit more sort of that way. Yeah. Um, but I don't see the thing is I don't see why they can't um, do well with what they're doing because like you know you look at a band like Deftones. Yeah, completely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That um, would be that would be a good support for them. I think a band like Deftones in sort of larger academy sized venues, smaller. Yeah, room, maybe that would work yeah. for them. And it's interesting because we know you know Deftones they've got. They've got a widespread appeal. I mean, you know, they cultivated a sort of mini festival, uh, I think, just before COVID. Um, and they they co-headlined that with churches. Yeah. Um, well, most definitely not a metal band. No, who, who not? But they've got that same sort of um, depth and integrity, um, mm. you know, as, as a lot of metal bands. And, and we know their their flirtations with, with hip-hop and rap and, and trip-hop as well with their sound. So... You know, and I, and I think that maybe that's kind of a way to go uh, for Svalbard in terms of sound, because yeah, yeah. There, there is there is an atmosphere there to what they do. Yeah, they're a bit of a watch this space, I think. Are they? Look, another British yeah. band as well, and you know, as I've said countless times through this year, it's been a really strong year for for British heavy music. So you know, it's um, yeah, but uh, so one that I picked out from earlier in the month, completely on the other side of the tangent from Svalbard, um, Sadistic Forces' second album, Midnight Assassin. Um, first off, massive shout out for the artwork because it's fucking brilliant. Um, but look, for those who don't like, don't know Sadistic Force, 
they are very much born out of we love motorhead and we're going to do this kind of thing because we love motorhead they're a three-piece they make a lot of noise but it's just old school dirty whiskey drinking heavy metal and yeah it's not nothing groundbreaking but i must admit i I did really enjoy this album I, i loved it i've listened to it bundles of times it's great in the car thoroughly enjoyable it's just slightly disappointing that to get the vinyl would cost about 55 quid i think to get it to the uk madness madness i'm hoping there's going to be a uk distribution but yeah really good fun album i don't know what did you think of it uh, yeah i mean I've, I've i've given this given this a listen i think overall it didn't really grab me enough i mean yeah it's it's solid rock and roll speed metal but it, there's not i suppose I, I need a bit more than that, I think, really. And the songs mm. didn't stand out ultimately to, to to really pull me in. Having said that, I think if they were playing at a rock bar, I thought I'd certainly be banging my head. Yeah, I think completely, it's that. Completely. I think it's that kind of uh, that kind of music that suits a particular environment quite well. Someone like the Dev, you know, someone like that yeah. would yeah would would really work. It is um, without wanting to pigeonhole it, it's 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 pub rock and roll heavy metal in it. Is, you know, yeah. no no frills, just yeah, yeah. It's all good. Like, there's not much more you can say about it. It's a great fun album. If you like that kind of thing, you'll you'll enjoy it. Um, going back to the gigs, then, if since we're talking about heavy and fast and sweaty and dirty, um, Hell Ripper and Celestial yeah. Symmetry at the Black Heart. Um, about what three weeks ago now? Two weeks ago? No, one week. No, no, that was, was, no, no, no was last week. We, two weeks, yeah. Two yeah weeks. Sort yourself Sorry. out, man. See this bloody month. Yeah. Um, um, what a fucking that was absolute carnage. Yeah, that gig, it really was. I mean, look, Hell Ripper could have played. They could have done the Underworld, and it probably would have sold out anyway. One hundred and fifty people in the Black Heart. I think it sold out in a week or so. Yeah, like I said, if they'd done the Underworld, I think that would have sold out as well. They're probably too big for that venue, but. Um, yeah, it's just hot, sweaty, filthy. I think one of the fastest bands I think I've ever seen play live. Yeah, yeah, no, no arguments there. I think I, I, I'm struggling to think of a faster band. Yeah, just absolutely bonkers. But in terms of like, you know, I saw Hell Ripper back earlier in the year with Warbringer. You know, it's uh, tough to part dome. It's a much bigger venue, and you know, a proper stage and uh, you know all that kind of thing. But the Black Heart, for anybody who hasn't been there, is a 100, 150 capacity venue. You're right on the stage. It's it's hot, like I said, sweaty. It is very much a, a melting pot, isn't it? And yeah. being down the front against the stage, it was, yeah, it was uncomfortable at times, but it, yeah, was, yeah. it was great fun. I mean, but like, the chemistry they've got with the crowd is yeah. so, is so, so good. I mean, for me, it's a bit disappointing because I was sort of at the back because unfortunately, Black Heart doesn't have a cloakroom. Um, and I, I had this sports bag with me uh, because I, again, I was sort of up in, up in that neck of the woods for another gig on Sunday night. So I was sort of staying with friends, and yeah, so I had to kind of a little bit, little bit back in um, against the wall. But in some ways, I felt safe there because it looked like <laughs> dangerous down the front. And I thought, you know what, I, I'm, I'm a bit too old for that malarkey by this point. So um, yeah, um, yeah, people going over stage diving flinging themselves across beer just just for a lot and of course you know oh here's another fast one and they're just kicking that off all over again so probably i think i made the right choice but yeah i mean christ just full on 
absolutely you know yeah. if what you want when, if you want your metal fast that that you know hell ripper is is the band um and the thing is like you say there's 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 a lot of you know accessibility there there's some good choruses some great tunes solos going through the roof yeah because we've seen you know we've seen how they sort of push themselves on with the latest album and the melody and um you know even that stuff which maybe is a little bit more restrained on record was still fucking 200 miles an hour on, on live yeah, they played um, I Deceiver for the first time as well, which just yeah. sounded pure black metal fucking evil. It was, you yeah, know, yeah. yeah the, 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 again, they're another band. The next 12 months, they're doing doing festivals next year. They're doing Bloodstock next year. That's going to be huge for them, I think. Yeah. You know, yeah two or three thousand people in that tent watching them, that's going to be massive. And yeah, yeah, look. Fair play to I, I think they're great. I think they've had a great year. The album's brilliant. It's is certainly in my top ten. Um yes, agreed. Collect- collectively, I can imagine it will be for all of us. You know, good luck to them. I hope I hope they just get bigger and bigger. James is is such a, a nice guy. We had him on the podcast earlier this year. He's he's great to talk to. Yeah, couldn't happen to a nicer bunch of lads. So um yeah, look, shout out to Celestial Sanctuary as well. I think I've seen them what four times this year, and they've always always delivered the goods so um looking forward to seeing them again on the 9th of december oh what's happening on the 9th of december um i think it's at uh it's a, a tiny little place called radio city social in chelmsford in lovely essex um Ooh. celestial sanctuary all father and beyond grace what about that Ooh. and guess what it's free oh i it's- think i have to go I think you should. I think that'd be a great idea. And uh, if we can get around about another 50 people in that room, it'll be fucking brilliant. So, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, let's, um, as much as I love the place, let's just fucking destroy it. We can rebuild it again the next morning. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are trains going overhead, which might be a problem, but, you know, we'll, I'm sure. Uh... Well, let's let's just make it that fucking loud and that fucking raucous that the trains have to stop and it won't matter yeah. anymore. You know? So, uh, yeah, get yourselves along to that. But, yeah, great gig. Um, yeah, look, so you were up in London that weekend for another gig. You may as well talk about that because we're going off on a complete tangent now. So a bit of a oh, I, a little bit of an antidote to what you had on the Friday night. A little bit, yeah. I um I went to the Scala with my mate Rich to see a chap called Ollie Ride. Um so for those uh our, those of uh, our listeners who are quite familiar with their synth wave as much as I am. He he's a singer who does a lot of collaborations with various synthwave artists, uh, namely FM84. But he he favours the more sort of accessible sunshine, driving down the Pacific Highway with a sunset sunset in your sort of um, back kind of eighties movie um, kind of vibe. Not so much the dark synth stuff stuff or the the more metal sort of friendly stuff. This is this guy. This guy is very, very pop in a lot of ways. And he did his own album as well in 2019 called Thanks to Advance, which is, again, it's an 80s pop album. Um, so, you know, big choruses, big production, very impassioned and whatnot, but real big, colourful uh, vibes. And he's got his next album out in the spring, which we're all really looking forward to. And, yeah, he 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 does these small tours here and there. He did some gigs, uh, gigs in America, and he came back to, just to do the Scala which was sold out, albeit it was a bit reduced in size. Um, but it was sold out as a capacity they allowed it. And, you know, I'm, yeah, I mean, I love my metal. I love, I love, you know, the aggression and the darkness and all that. But, you know, I grew up with 80s pop and that's kind of, 
when it comes to sort of upbeat, positive sound and music, I'm kind of a bit limited, but, you know, I will stick my 80s pop all, all day long. And this was such a, good, a great gig to go to because the vibes were just positive. It was just people mostly probably my age or a bit younger. A uh, few people who are a bit older and, and, and who, who are around in there. And a few kids as well. There are a few young people who, you know, latched onto this stuff. And it's just it was just nice to be with a bunch of people just singing songs, singing pop songs, but kind of only we knew really, with big choruses, big vibes. I mean, you know, this this chap, he's a big, he's a showman, you know, he's got he had these sort of sequined suits and you know, then did a sort of costume change for the, the encore and did some other bigger songs. Um and no, and Satan, really no big... Satan worshipping or anything like that? Absolutely nothing like no. that. Oh, I mean, it's, um, you, you know, I would say, look, if you like 80s pop, if you're sort of our, our sort of era, and again, we're going to talk about this a bit later, but if you love all the 80s pop stuff, that's the stuff you grew up with as well as the rock, you've got to check out Ollie Ride because he, he deserves to be so much bigger than he actually is. He's got a very cult fan base. And he's got, you know, if you if you play this stuff to a lot of people, I, I, I basically gave my album to my sister who got me into 80s pop and she loved him. Yeah. And, you know, it's, um, it, it just frustrates me that because what he does isn't marketable for, for pop, the pop charts, because it's a very, very retro kind of style of music, but isn't very now, but it's very good at what it does. And it's so it's not very now though. I mean, you know, 80s is really popular at the minute anyway, and has been for a fair few years now, but, you think, I of, think some, the, of the, some of the shit pop music there is around these days that is popular, and you've got stuff like that, and like oh, it's like Gunship as well, another one, it's yeah. accessible. It, it, it is frustrating as to why they're not more popular than they are on the mainstream. I think I think it's more, yes, there, there's 80s-ish stuff out there, but it's more of a sort of subtle influence kind of thing. I think a lot of labels don't want to go full-on 80s because... Yeah, past isn't it we can't how can we market that stuff to kids we've got to we've got to give the kids their own stuff these days um but it's frustrating because it's like well hang on a minute adults like pop music and adults can get they can listen to stuff easy on the internet just like that it's not like the old days where you know they'll listen to top the pops and then moan about what what's new um so yeah it's hugely frustrating that him and you know a lot of those other artists are not bigger than they are but yeah this is probably this is you know, this might be one of my favourite gigs of the of the year, I think, because it was just so refreshing and just so nice just to sing and just soak up these just great vibes um from a from a guy who's who just loves what he does. Um and yeah, I'd I'd, I'd absolutely recommend that if you're if you're you know, if you grew up with 80s pop like I did or in you know in kind of that stuff, please check him out. There you go. See, we don't just talk about metal, we have got, you know. And and there's more, there's more of that to come as well in a minute. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, uh, we'll go uh, quickly step on a couple of other albums then. Uh, well, this isn't an album as such. This was a split EP, uh, and one mm. that kind of caught me by surprise. This was Dream Unending and Worm did a split EP. I say EP. It's five songs. Yeah. Uh, it's what forty five minutes long. So it's not really much of an EP. <laughs> um, it's, called, it's called Star Path. And <clears throat> look, I'll compare this slightly to Tomb Mold their new album that came out last month, which I absolutely fucking adore. And, and it, it walked into my top 10, not my thing at all, you know, in a nutshell, progressive death metal, 
and and many many other things with jazz and blues and all sorts of shit going on and dream unending and worm worm i already liked dream unending i have struggled to get into but for some reason the five songs on this split again like that two mold album for some reason first listen bosh flicked my switch and it, it shouldn't it just shouldn't because it just isn't up my street it it's you know i'm not <laughs> I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but I'm not a prog fan. Um, <laughs> and and death metal, I'm really fussy about. But for some reason, these three bands over the last two months have, have really done it for me. And yeah, really enjoy this. It's, it's hard for me to describe because I'm not that all that familiar with Dream Unending. I've only listened to bits and pieces. So I'm kind of coming at it from a from a bit of a blind point. But I don't know if you listen to it much, but I, I fucking loved it. Long wow. songs, brutally heavy at times. There's jazz in there, like I said, there's blues in there. There's there's all sorts going on. It's very hard to describe, but I absolutely loved it. Yeah, well, I've I, I mean I've only given it one listen, uh, and again I should point out I I was the opposite with two mold, so but yes, how it is. I I want to listen to this again. Quite simply, I um you know straight off the bat. You know, it's got this sort of seventies psychedelic thing going on yeah. against those death against that death metal riffage. You know, not exactly. I'm not exactly going to say it's original because, you know, Opeth, very old school Opeth. Yeah, yeah. Um, but unlike unlike Two Mold, for me, there was a real good blend of what they were doing, and I think the psychedelic sounds they're pulling were quite were quite organic. Yeah. Um, but there was there was enough melody there to pull me in. Um, what I found from the back, and certainly with Dream Unending, who again I've not listened to before, um, they reminded me of Goblin. Yeah, okay. Um, and that's always going to pull me in because I listen to a lot of Goblin. And for anyone anyone who isn't aware, Goblin were an Italian prog rock band from the 70s and 80s. They scored a lot of Italian horror movies. So that's kind of where I'm coming from and they there was that sort of vibe but there's a lot of beauty there as well as you know weirdness and evil sort of going about and yeah throughout those those couple of long songs you've got that blend of psychedelic prog and death metal but there's melody there and there's you know there's spacious kind of beauty going on and I could I felt you know what in some ways much like Cult of Luna I could sit and sit here and listen to it and chill out yeah. to it yeah. Um, it was definitely so, more accessible than the Two Mold album, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. There, there is there is more melody to it. There's there's sort of clean vocals and everything in there, which the Two Mold album didn't have. So I think yeah. that's that's the difference, isn't it? And I know there's there people. I've seen people on Twitter, uh, you know, raving about their previous album last year. So I'm going to have to dig in. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Like I said, I have listened to Dream Unending before, but again. Like we we often are with music these days. You listen to it for thirty seconds and go, "Now nah, that's not my thing. I'm it's not for me." So I think I, I may have done that, but because this grabbed me quite quickly, it was easier to to get my head around it. So yeah, yeah, listen to it more. I, I think I'm going to have to pick it up on vinyl so I can sit down and listen to it properly. Yeah, but I, that's that, that's a vinyl album. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Worm is that sounds. Yeah. Um, I've, I've you recommended Worm a while back, and I still haven't got around to checking them out. So that's on me, but. Yeah, again, work was a bit different. It was a bit more understated in terms of production, had a bit yeah. more rawness and whatnot. But it seemed to sort of it, it was it was very minimalist in its in approach, but again, similar in its you know ambition. 
But by the end of the uh, their part of the album, we're we're sort of balancing psychedelic death metal and basically classic heavy metal. Yeah, it's all sky in re- sky reaching solos, galloping riffs. You know, there's a bit of a combination there, and it's like, yeah, there, there's a lot of melody there and a lot of things to drag me in. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm glad I listened to this album and actually gave this a go because, you know, I will I will come back to it. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It's it's a good one. Um, what else you got on the list? What else we got? Uh, yeah, I want to give a shout out to the next album. Actually, um, this was a bit of a surprise one that dropped uh, dropped on social media. Okay, man, uh, doing his thing. Um, and I thought I'd give this a go because you know, right up my anyway. German heavy metal. Um, you know, I've listened, there's been a lot of German heavy metal like uh, in recently, and a lot of it's all right, standards and and whatnot. But um, Straight off the bat, this this pulled me right in. The band are called Thriller, um, and the album's called Street Metal. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the album's called Street Metal. Uh, it came out in mid-August. I don't think there's a label, because I've been looking uh, looking on their socials and whatnot, and there's no reference to a label, so it must have been self-released. Yeah, I think it was self-released, wasn't it? Yeah. There you go. So yeah. if, if that's wrong, by all means, please send all abuse to the usual address, but I think it's self-released. Look, I, I I can't I can't really say much here apart from this is basically classic German heavy metal with lots of melody, lots of sleek eighties production. Uh, you know, tracks like Iron Goddess, um, Spikes and Leather, of course. Uh, Proud to be different, Cities on Fire. It's look, it it, it feels like it feels like a combination of um, sort of Judas Priest sort of flitting between Defenders of the Faith and uh, Turbo and a bit of classic Halloween. That's about right. That sounds uh, about right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't, you know, I, I can't really say anything more than that because that's really fundamentally what it is. But they got the songs. Yeah. And they got the, the sound and they got the attitude. And it's just a great classic heavy metal album that I think everyone should uh, give a go. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I've only listened to it a couple of times, but uh, yeah. It's 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 a lot of fun. Um, shocking album cover though. That's that's uh, yeah. I mean, it's um, that yeah. doesn't do it any justice. But uh, are, um, they, are they tires? Are they rings? What are they? I'm I think I think they're wheels. It obviously relates to the street metal, which again is not a great name for an album. But none of that really pop- matters because it's just good fucking fun. Yeah. It's, it's what we want from from heavy metal, really. It, you know, in that sort of truest sense of the term, absolutely metal. You know. Um, yeah, a great name for a band as well. To be fair, Thriller. I think that's. Yeah, I think they can uh, they can go places with that. But yeah, yeah, yeah that, look, a lot of fun. Um, what else have we got? Uh, we'll go over another another album. Uh, something that came my way almost a little bit by accident. I I didn't didn't really clock it myself. Um, but the, they reached out to us, and I had to give it a listen. Um, a band called Cult Burial. They're British. The album's called Reverie of the Malignant. And it's, um, again, let's go sub-genres. It's Black and Death, if you if you want to call it that. Bit of Celtic Frost going on. Um, fucking great. Really fucking good. Really heavy. Savage. It was, you know, aggressive. It's got all that, that dark, moody atmosphere that you want from that kind of thing. But for a British band that I'd never heard of a month or so ago, I was really impressed by this. And um, I think it's, it's it's another one of those things that, you know, in an age where 
metalheads are listening to more and more extreme music and more and more extreme metal bands like this need to get an opportunity i think because it, it was really good and first listen i was like yeah i like this and then i listened to it again and it's like yeah the more and more that this is this is really fucking good stuff and it's, it's again it's a little bit hard to describe other than black and death like i said there there are links to a bit of celtic frost in there there is there's black metal in there, classic black metal, classic death metal, lots going on. But if you're into it heavy, you've never heard of this band before, go and check them out because they're really fucking good. I don't know if they play live or not. If they do, I'd like to catch them live. Uh, the vinyl is only, I think, 17 quid from their band camp. It's a really nice pink oh. vinyl. And this album was recorded analog for vinyl, which that alone, I think they deserve a huge amount of respect for. Yeah, no, that's, 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 yeah. That's, that's something that you don't hear a lot of these days. Yeah, but sadly, unfortunately, I can't. I can't add anything to the conversation. Uh, I've not been able to fit this this album into my calendar this month. Well, um, there's, there's homework for you. Go away and uh, there you go. Yeah, give it a go. Yeah. And I, I will. Um, I will get my hands on the vinyl um, before they sell it out because uh, that's that's an intriguing thing. That because. I, I think these days, because all music or 99.9% of music is recorded digitally and then it's applied to vinyl, we don't yeah. really get that appeal. So I'm looking forward to sitting down and listening to it on vinyl and just giving it the full beans, I suppose. Yeah, something a bit different. Um, Well, another couple of gigs then. Two gigs, same night, two gigs, one night, uh, which was last Friday night, I think. I'm losing yes. Track. Yeah, last Friday yeah. night. Yes. <laughs> So we were going to see Tail Gunner at the Black Art, another sold out show. But before we did that, we we popped around to the Dev to catch Parish, who were playing in there with Aggressive Perfecto. I really like Parish, um, very seventy style, three piece. Um, it was a bit of a Halloween themed night uh, that Mercenary Press had put on. Horror movie playing on a big screen in the background and all. Oh that yeah, a bit of a Blood on Satan's Claw yeah, there. Yeah, so you had all of that. It all very occultish. But first time I'd seen Parish, I wanted to catch them. What they do is very simple. It's seventies bluesy heavy metal kind of stuff. Thought they were really good. Really enjoyed them. Really strong songs. Bit disappointed they didn't have the vinyl there for sale because I'm dying to get my hands on that, but I can't find it anywhere. Um, Crypt of the Wizard. If you've got any copies left, please let me know. Uh, yeah, I thought they were really good. Yeah, I don't know if they're much up your street, but I really enjoyed them. Really good fun. Um, yeah, less on my street, I'm afraid, but certainly solid at what they were doing and um, good vibes, I think, for the night in, um, in question. So, uh, yeah, good luck to them. Strong look as well, roll neck. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's yeah. it. I mean, uh, you know, it, it's uh, there was a turtleneck there. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, if, if you're going to do it, you know, do it properly, get the look. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's all good. But yeah, really enjoyed them. I'm hoping I'll catch them again at some point and uh, hopefully I can pick up the vinyl. So, there, yeah, from there, we went over. Back to the Black Art. Like I said, another sold out show. Tail Gunner. We didn't catch any of the supports because we were flitting around Camden. But so we last saw Tail Gunner back early days for them, I suppose, playing live, wasn't it? It was at the Dev. Yeah. And which was what, 15, 16 months ago? It was summer yeah, last year. It was, it was summer, summer last year. Yeah. So still very raw when it came to playing live. I think at that point they'd probably only paid maybe 10 shows, perhaps something like that. Okay. Um, and in the last in the last year or so, they've you know they've obviously played a lot more. They've they've been into, over to Germany as well. I've done a couple of festivals, um, and they've clearly come a long way since. What did you think? 
Well, I mean, they've—they're <laughs> a machine at this point, aren't they? Yeah, they yeah, really I think are. That's a fair point. But they know—they know what they—they've always known what they want to be and what they want to do and how they want to approach it. And the fact is, they are—they're doing that now. Yeah, they've—they've—they've uh, worked—they've they've worked on that a lot to the point where they were, they were a tight machine. Um, again, I don't know if it's the black heart, but they're a lot faster live than they are on record, but to be fair, they were deaf, so um, yeah. there is that. Yeah. Um, you know, it felt like they, they, there wasn't enough room for them to do what they wanted to do because it's so small at the black heart, and you've got, you know, two two guitarists, you've got, you know, you know Zach and Rhea giving it all that with their solos and, and poses, and, and Bones is, you know, flinging his huge bass around and whatnot, and you know, as for vocals, it's like whenever he can fit on stage, it's he's having to get out front. So, but yeah, I mean, heavy fucking metal basically, and they they've got it. Yeah, they've got it in droves. I think they got the they've got the songs, haven't they? That's the thing. Yeah, they've got the songs. You know, we said when when you know back earlier in the summer when they were on for a second time, and we went through the album track by track, and and for a, for a British debut album, it's. Probably the strongest debut of the year is certainly up there, isn't it? Oh, absolutely, yeah. You know, and um, and where they've gone from look, bringing in Rhea on guitar, second guitar player, the dynamic between the two of them, Rhea and Zach, was was brilliant all the way through the night. It was proper old school twin guitar heavy metal, wasn't it? Made yeah. of priest, and all those it. bands, and, you know. And, and you know what? It's, it's clear Rhea was so happy to be there and be involved and all that. So yeah, um, yeah I mean they've absolutely. You know, done the right, right thing, bringing bringing her in. So, yeah, I think someone bringing in someone with that ability has has helped. From what I could see, has helped push them on. You know, yes. Yeah. All the you know, there's a few stage props thrown in there as well. A few costume changes from Craig as well. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's it. Was a real, you know? There was a there was a lot of spikes at one point, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was I thought it was really cool. And look, we got to talk about the covers as well. Two of them in particular. They covered Painkiller. Yeah. And uh, and obviously they covered Dio. They they closed their set with that. But you know to take on Ronnie James Dio and Rob Halford as a young metal vocalist is bold, to say the least. And I think they nailed it, didn't they? Yeah, both of them, absolutely. You know, it's... yeah, that's it. They 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 they've got it. They've uh, yeah again time machine, lots of practice, lots of uh, perfecting it. So yeah. Yeah, the future the future's bright, I think. And again, a lot I think a lot of their popularity may come on mainland Europe. I hope they get maybe Bloodstock or something like that next year. Something that can give them a wider audience, you know, because they, they 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 should appeal to all ages, kids all the way up to, you know, to people in their fifties, sixties and beyond. It, it really shouldn't matter. They they've got that cross appeal. Um and a debut album full of 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 hit songs they played the whole album you know what did you think of um uh the nine minute song i can't even remember what it's called well i mean uh, yeah rebirth rebirth that's it yeah, yeah. well like sadly that's my favorite track on, on, on the album and it was just yeah it was epic yeah epic but it kind of it's, it's always i was a bit frustrated because it, it feels like i think the black art's a bit too small for what they do as i've sort of said it's um yeah i think yeah. Sound wise, yeah, it, 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 it did feel a bit muddy sometimes because yeah, of what, it was what, definitely, and, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I'd like you know, I'd like to see them in somewhere like the underworld, whatnot, you know, a very a minimum kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I think Rebirth sounded immense. Yeah, 
So, and you know, you, you know, you can, the difference between that and where they started, you know, you know, see how the album, you know, elevates as yeah. they, they go through their songwriting history. Um, and yeah, that that bodes so well for the future. Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah, very promising. Looking forward to seeing what they do next. Um, right before we uh, we do the the headline album and the headline gig of the month, I'll quickly talk about uh, one of my favorite albums of the month, Gravesend. Gowanus, I'm assuming that's how you pronounce it. Gowanus Death Stomp, um, a band I again I'd never heard of before, sort of September. Didn't know who they were. Um, if anybody's ever been to Gravesend in Kent. This is probably the right kind of soundtrack. Yeah, basically. Um, filthy, cross-punk-tinged, gore, death, grind, whatever you want. It's, it's, it's all in there. You know, it's, it's hardcore meets war metal. Yeah, that's probably a good shout. That's it. Um, it, it look, it's fucking, it is riftastic, I think, is the way to look at this album. It's um, fast, heavy, aggressive. But it is just chock full of great breakdown riffs, and it and it helps with the dynamic, I think, because a lot of the album is just balls out, fast, heavy, aggressive. But all those breakdowns, they come in just at the right time. None of it seems contrived. It all just kind of it, it works as it as it should. And yeah, it's, it's it's I think it might have just touched my top twenty for the year. I'm enjoying Ooh. it. It's really fucking good. Really fucking good. And in terms of the guitar sound, one of the best I've heard this year. It's got a proper crunch to it. There's a distinctive, yeah. It's it's nasty. There's a yeah. nastiness to this album. I mean, it's it's it, this is a filthy sounding album. I can imagine I can imagine Big Dog just 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 swimming in it <laughs> at some point. You know, um, it's got it's got that sort of you know sort of unpleasantness to it. Um, yeah, it's filth, absolute filth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, I, it's less hard. my thing. Um, but I think they they're doing something that to me sounds fairly unique. I, I yeah. can't think of any bands combining these things in this particular way and no. that kind of vocal and whatnot. And and again, it, I mean, it's what, yeah, 30, 36 minutes or so. So again, it's not an album that outstays it outstays its welcome. It just you know beats the fuck out of you and and, and moves on. Yeah, yeah. I think I can hear a little bit of carcass in there in the mix, maybe, but. It's hard to pin anything else on them. Like you say, there isn't really anything else around these days similar. So, yeah, look, I, I'm hoping they get over to the UK because I think live they be they should be pretty fucking savage. So, uh, yeah. yeah, look forward to that. But um, anyway, that's all the, uh, the 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 proper angry fucking heavy metal nonsense out of the way. Um, the last two things we need to talk about: the most surprising album of the month that none of us saw coming and uh, Anthony's little uh, soiree in Paris. So let's talk about the album first <laughs> because this has completely come out of nowhere. And I know there's other people that, that feel the same way about this, but no, I, I'll let you go because you, you brought it to my attention. Look, yeah. For a start, this is a band we'd heard of before. And this is like, no, just no. So why did you even listen to this in the first place? It was mild curiosity because I was here on, I, th I don't know, I think that's it. I, I don't think we were recording that night. So I was able to sit here on a Friday night and actually just sample a few of the tracks from various new releases that day. 
Um, and one of the lists I, I sort of glance at just to see if there's anything poppy or indie that I'm familiar with and is worth checking out. Obviously mentioned this band. Um, and I thought, oh God, they've released another album and they're still going. Because I didn't like this band. They released it. I was aware they released a couple of albums, but I'd only heard the first album and I didn't like them. You know, they were, it came out, what, 2017, I think, the first album? And About that, yeah, I think, yeah. 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 Um, and yeah, yeah, it's emo, emo with a bit of goth. They felt like they sort of, jumped, you know, come way too, too late to the, that particular party and were trying yeah. to, it sounded like My Chemical Romance trying to do the misfits and it just sounded weak. I didn't like it. Um, you know, and it, sh- and it should have appealed to me. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with, you know, certainly My Chemical Romance and I like the misfits. And they had that sort of gothic horror punk aesthetic. Um, and I was disappointed. I didn't like them. But there you go, whatever. You know, just moved on. And I haven't thought about them since. And I saw their name listed as a new album released. And I thought, you know what? Oh, let's see. Let's see what they like now. Because maybe maybe they're, they're a bit better. So the band are Creeper. And the album is Sanguivore. I think it's uh, is pronounced. That's why that's how I've been saying it. Um, and yeah, they're on Spine Farm, and actually, that there you go. It came off, came on, came out on Friday, Friday the thirteenth, when we didn't record. So uh, yeah, they they got it. The first track I sampled was uh, a song called "Cry to Heaven," and I can honestly say, after after listening to it, I was sitting there in shock. <laughs> um, how can I describe this song? It's it feels. It feels like the bastard son of the Lost Boys and the Top Gun soundtrack, uh, but with this sort of underlying pulsating synth um, sort of pushing it along, but with this lead riff that, you know, the cult could have written at their best. And it's... I think that's and I, was th- and I was thinking, this is one of the best things I've heard in a long time in terms of accessible hard rock. And so I, I came on to the, the next single I thought, which was uh, which is called Teenage uh, um, Teenage Sacrifice. Teenage Sacrifice, yeah. Teenage Sacrifice. And how can I describe this? It sounds like basically a very credible, I don't know, horror punk band have rewritten the Monster Mash, <laughs> but as a big old, big epic gothic horror punk rock hard rock sort of song. So um, you know what? I'm listening to this album. They've earned the right for me to give them a go. And my God, what they've done is they've basically, it sounds like they've basically dug up the corpse of Jim Simon, reanimated him, and just made the greatest album that he could have made ever. You've got, like I say, you've got touches of, of misfits and, 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 and stuff like that. But, you know, there's times where, yeah, it sounds like meatloaf. It sounds like Sisters of Mercy. It sounds like the Cult. It sounds like this massive Jim Steinman loving, and, and they've actually dedicated the album to him on, on the the cover. Um, again, another one of the singles. You've got uh, Black Heaven, which is this sort of almost synthesizer, sort of pulsating, driving sort of track that sort of Sisters of Mercy meets Depeche Mode. It's dark. It's evil. It's sexy. I, yeah, and it's one of the greatest albums I think of this year. And I'm, I'm shocked. I'm genuinely shocked. Yeah, you and me both. So from my point of view, I had a text from um, from the Voice of Reason saying, 
bear with me, kind of give this a listen. I promise you it's worth a go. And I was like, look, I'd, I'd heard the first album. There was a couple of songs on it I actually thought were all right, but I hadn't heard anything since. Never listened to them, never given them the time of day. I was like, all right, fine. Next morning, commute to work, stick it on in the car. And by the time I got to work, I'd listened to two thirds of the album. And I was like, fuck, this is just like completely screwed at end of year list, completely. <laughs> and I, I, I don't think I've been hooked on a non-metal album, for want of a better term, for, for as much as I have with this, for many, many years. Like, it's... I was I'm blown away by how much I like this album. It's just incredible. In terms of hooks and choruses, songs, it has got the fucking works. And <laughs> I... I it, it, I'm I'm almost lost for words at how good this album is. Uh, it's, it's... I mean, they, they open, you know, further than forever. It's nine minutes. They nine open... minutes is an opening song. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you've got that sort of meatloaf piano before, but before again, it's just proper bat of hell kind of uh, yeah. dynamic. Yeah. And it's, and it's stuff like that. And then you've got the, the Ballad of Spook and Mercy, which is the fourth track. And it's, you know, it sounds like Tom Waits, Dragging social distortion, slower moment through through the mud. And that's the thing with with all of this going on, all that pomp and all that drama. There is still that that sort of punk underpin is is there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I can hear all that. I, I, there's there's a couple of moments in that I pick out bands like the Gaslight Anthem, which which sort of caught me by yeah. surprise. But yeah, it's um that what whatever they do next to go from what they were to what this album is, you know. Is this a is this a complete shift in sound for them long term? Weird I, I, because it seems it, I, I kind of want to say it feels like they found their own identity, which is weird when a lot of the influences are so obvious too. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, previously, yeah, they had basically one or two very limited influences, which I wasn't keen on. Now they've got a load which I am keen on, and they blend it all very well. But the fact is, it this sounds so much more confident and and uh, assured that you know this is what they want to be doing yeah it sounds like um you know there are there are obvious comparisons to ghost i think yeah it's definitely in the mix and how they've changed and what they do and how they approach this kind of rock music absolutely um you know i mean they're playing they're playing you know fairly standard in your venues this month i mean shepherd's bush empire for example but i mean yeah next year they could well be headlining when the arena with enough people come on board um, I mean, it's forty-two minutes long. This album, it's not. Perfect. It's not even that. Like, you know, they could get away with you know shifting up to fifty minutes with a couple yeah. of extra tracks, but forty-two. I mean, Christ. I mean, that, that's that's perfect length. Um, I think we need we need to talk about the uh, the bass sound in particular. Yeah. One of the things that grabs me, how they they've absolutely nailed that eighties bass guitar sound. It's yeah. just it's it's perfect. And it fits perfectly with the just the, the overall sound of the album. It's it's incredible. It's one of those one of those albums, and I, I say this sincerely. It's one of those albums where I think a band strikes gold, and I'm not comparing it to, but no. I look at stuff like Appetite for Destruction, when a band should you know they should have known Guns N' Roses when they recorded that. We've got something special. Yeah. Now, while this is obviously in no comparison, certainly. <laughs> commercially or anything like that 
it must be a similar moment. They must have listened to this and gone, fuck me, we've got some absolute bangers on the go here. Where yeah. did we find this from? You know, because it's, 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 it's such a shift. It's alchemy. That's what yeah. it is. It's, it's alchemy, musical alchemy. It's it's just got that that to it. Yeah, it's it's incredible. It's incredible. The artwork's great as well. The the vinyl's really nice. It's a really nice sort of textured cover in it. It's the um the music videos, I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Style wise, they look brilliant. They just look amazing. The video for Teenage Sacrifice, it's just it's just amazing. It's incredible. Go and watch it. It's all on YouTube. You know, we we have we have put it out on Twitter and it has been picked up by one or two people and it has shocked <laughs> i think is the uh is, is i think the word. i mean I, I should be on commission really <laughs> at this point <laughs> um i would like to catch them live uh now isn't the right time but they're headlining that takedown festival in portsmouth next year so maybe that's, yeah. that's a goer um we'll see we'll see what comes next i think is oh absolutely yeah, it's gonna I, be one I, of those situations because they've already got a bit of a fan base so will this alienate that fan base will this take them onto another level who knows? I I don't know. I mean, you know, my friends who I know were into them sort of when that first album came out. I haven't actually sort of kept up with them, so which is a shame because um, I was saying, I was saying, what the, what the hell? I like this band now. Let's let's go and see them live. And no, no, um, yeah. But um, again, it's it's you know, it's like I was saying with Ollie Ride earlier. For people of our generation who grew up with eighties pop and rock. All of that overblown stuff, big choruses, big theatrics, movies, etc. There's no reason why you shouldn't love this this album. Yeah, yeah, completely, completely. So look, you, you, you've heard it here. We've we've been talking about this album all month. We've been really looking forward to getting on here and actually getting the opinion out as well, because it's it's one thing for us to talk about it, but to get it out there to other people. We urge everybody to listen to it and give it a chance because. If you love big songs, big anthems, I, I challenge you to not enjoy this album. So there yes. you go. You, you, you can come at me on Twitter, Instagram, all of it, if you really want to, if you disagree, but listen to it. And if you don't like it, I'll be very surprised. So we'll leave that one there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think we, we, we'll end things then with your Parisian walkway. I think we should, shouldn't we? Oh, uh, we, 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 uh, we. Yeah, my, my blue and, and all my, that. My French hasn't improved. I mean, I, I managed over there, quite frankly. They're all, they're all quite nice. They're talking English with, rather than let you butcher their language. Um, <laughs> so last weekend you went over to Paris uh, yeah. the morning morning after Telgutter to see the uh, the double header of Carpenter Brute and Perturbator. Yeah, on, on Monday night. Yeah, so yeah, I went over. I got the Eurostar on Saturday lunchtime and got there and pretty much started pissing with rain. Um, so yeah, the point of that, of that was on the Monday night to go and see, uh, yeah, that double header. I love both artists. Um, I've never been to Paris, it's always eluded me. I've been to France for 30 years, so I thought, oh, well, here's an opportunity to get abroad for the first time in a while. It's easy on the train. Um, you know, something a bit different as well. I think, you know, I've been, I've been to a couple of small gigs when I was in America. Uh, you know, it's probably saw a couple of pub pub bands in Sweden, but I've never been to a proper gig, you know, for, for bands I like elsewhere in another country. Um, you know, and they're both, obviously they're both French, pretty much. Um, and I thought it'd be a bit, just something a bit special to get to do. Um, you know, both both headlining at a fairly solid venue, which 
I thought it'd be bigger in all honesty. They they headlined the Olympia Hall um sort of near um I suppose near the Arc de Triomphe basically. Um two thousand capacity. So that's that's London. Yeah, I, I was surprised at that. I thought it would have been something. Yeah, big. yeah. I, I was thinking that'd be like Bridgestone Academy size, but not so much. I mean, they probably could have sold out something a bit bigger, but I don't know. We at this point, but it say it was sold out. Um, and yeah, after a you know half wet, half cold wander around Paris for a couple of days, including some other things I'll mention. Um, yeah, it was dry that night and and got there. I got there just in time for Carbon de Brook because I thought doors, you know, it said eight o'clock on the thing. So I thought doors open at eight, but I can only assume that that's when the, the support band came on and doors opened a bit fair because I got in just after half eight, after the queuing, and Carbon were already set up. And it took me by surprise because I thought that would be, it was just going to be a later show over in France because they, yeah. they're, they're much more fluid with that kind of stuff. Um, but no, they, you know, Carbon de Brook came on first just before nine o'clock nine o'clock and played for an hour um now i've seen them about three times and there's very little i can say that's anything different to what 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 i've said about this band before they they do they do the main songs that they 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 know of the um of their history stuff like roller mobster turbo killer meet matt striker etc um but they've also got obviously stuff from Levertief like Beware the Beast, which which goes down well. Um and the stuff of Leverterra. So uh, you got the you know the title track itself. Did they do um, um Lipstick Masquerade? No. No. That's no, 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 unfortunately. Shame. I think they like I say played for an hour, so I didn't quite have a full set. They did the uh the the uh they they stalk a night prowler double night prowler double header, which which always goes down well. Yeah, I love I love that. Um, oh, you know, see, I'm, I'm terrible with uh, track names actually, but certainly the um, as imaginary fire they do with uh, Greg Pucciaccio on, on out on the album. Yeah, imaginary, imaginary fire, the widow maker, of course they do. Yeah, so, so that, yeah, but like I say, decent set, good sound. Obviously, they ended with Maniac for cover of the uh, of flash dance, uh, yeah. flash dance song, which always kicked off. Uh, uh, and that, that, but the thing is, I was expecting Carpenter Brook to actually headline, just because I think with their vibe and what they do, what he does, um, compared to Perturbator, which is he's a bit more solo. I don't think he hasn't got you know the guitarist uh, yeah. with him. Um, and I, yeah, I thought he'd he'd be the sort of first up kind of thing. It just it just felt more appropriate for what they do. But he came on. He had again. He had a fairly straight straight up. Um, straightforward setup with with a framework and a inverted star and you know what he pulled it off he pulled the headline set off um he was fucking heavy really fucking heavy you know he had he had he had his drummer uh, with him as well lots of double pedal throughout the um throughout the um um set so yeah you know he had stuff off the new album lost for uh, sacraments i say newest a couple of years old now but yeah, I mean that's it's very it's very post punk slash goth kind of uh, take on his synth wave. Um, how did that how did that work then? Because like you say, you know that's my favorite Perturbator album. But because Carpenter Brute is a lot more upbeat, isn't it, and a lot more sort of full on. So you're right. I would I would have assumed the same thing that Carpenter Brute would have been the closing act. Yeah, it it, it worked it worked very well. To be fair, I mean stuff like Excess. 
you know, blended quite well with the likes of uh, Neo Tokyo or Humans Are Such Easy Prey. Uh, yeah. yeah, Humans Are Such Easy Prey, which for me was like the highlight. That's when, and that's when it all kicked off. I think when everyone was going nuts, you know, one of those older tracks that's, again, it was heavy as fuck. Yeah. Um, and people were dancing. You know, the floor was absolutely shaking for, for the entire set. Um, but yeah, it, it I, I was surprised. Don't get me wrong, I love Perturbator. But I just felt for that particular set set uh, setup, I, I just felt maybe he would have been better going first before yeah. the Group's more party dynamics. But I was wrong. And it was killer. And it was dark and it was heavy. And yeah, as um you know, the sound was like I said, I had the earplugs on, sound was clear, absolutely clear with those in. And I was a bit further forward for, for him than I was Carpenter. Um the um concert experience any different in Paris to what it is in the UK? Uh, overall, no, because concert venues are what they are, really. Yeah. Um, I mean, this particular venue, it was it was quite clean, I have to say. Uh, it was very Brixton Academy in terms of a gradual slope going down, but, you know, sort of London Astoria narrow. Yeah. Because uh, I think they still use it for a seated venue at times. Uh, the main bar was one big bar was outside beforehand with a sort of stepped step down section um you go when you go in and get your sort of tickets checked you go down a sort of long corridor first where you can actually buy your merch and get all that done beforehand before you get into the sort of opening auditorium with your cloakrooms on your left only one big set of toilets which was on the right and sadly because they're right at the front you pretty much had a huge queue of people trying to get in which was blocking all access getting forward so everyone had to go through one narrow line just to get into the bar section and then go into the venue. So, yeah, the organisation there was pretty bloody awful, I have to say. But um, the rest of it was, you know, quite a pleasant experience. Um, beer prices, however, not so much. <laughs> uh, there was a couple of choices. Obviously, you can have some, you know, half sizes or pints. And I think main cho choice was Turbo Rock, which I've never come across before. So I don't know if that's a European thing. But you had a blonde and an IPA. Pint of blonde was ten euros. Fucking hell! Pint of IPA was eleven euros. Oh Jesus Christ! Oh so, yeah, but I thought, well, I'm at a gig, and I've got, I've got to do it. So I had a pint of blonde for ten euros reluctantly, but yeah, I mean, that's more than what we paid for a fucking beer at the O2 for Iron Maiden. Yeah, yeah, and that that was bad enough. I mean, it's only slightly more, but it is it is there or thereabouts. But yeah. um, merch prices were right though, weren't they? Was it twenty five euros for a t shirt? Twenty five euros for a t shirt. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it's a bit. I, I got a small. I got the tour t shirt because I thought it's a bit special. So why not? Um, you know, the double header bear. Yeah, twenty five euros. Um, I got a small, bit of a loose medium. It, it felt like, if, if anything, a <laughs> uh, little, little bit baggy, but yeah, it, it still fits fairly well. So, so there is that. But. Um, yeah, no, it was it was it was an honour to see them there in, in their own on their own turf and do something a bit different. Um, while I was over there, I checked out a couple of the metal venues. So first place I checked out, and went there a couple of times, was Le Black Dog. So not 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 Le Chat Noir, but Le Black Dog. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, and, and again, a pint a pint of bet there was six six euros. So much much That's more like it. Yeah, yeah, and that was bang in the middle of you know that was in Le Marais. That was right in, in the centre, just. Not far from Notre Dame, but uh, yeah, this was a. I, I could have had some food there because the menu looked decent, but um, you know, small crowbar sort of feel. But it, it felt like it had the sort of vibe and 
setup of the Intrepid Fox back in the day, you know, with weird things on the walls and stuff and, and whatnot. Uh, you know, yeah, those staff. were the days. Yeah, pleasant staff. So, you know, I like that experience, but I couldn't get much of a phone signal. Um, also checked out a place called um, Dr. Feelgood, which being recommended. Um, and I, went, I, I stumbled across it. Again, small, crowbar-sized, but it felt more like the crowbar this time with all the posters on the wall and the narrowness. They did, they did um, draft beer, but I had a bottle of something fancy or whatnot. Six euros again. Good music, nice and loud, good vibe. Yeah, great. And then it turns out, actually, there's two two venues. There's another one around the corner, which is the big venue, which is a more party venue, which is what being recommended. So, uh, yeah, I thought I'd go to that the, uh, the following night on the Sunday, but it was shut. Both were shut on the Sunday, which seems to be a thing in a lot of French places, actually. Um, and the last thing I checked out was just before the gig on the Monday evening was the Hellfest Club. Um, yeah, yeah. Which is, again, just around the corner from the Black Dog. Um, yeah, this was a bit more uh, sterile in terms of look, look and feel. Uh, yeah, a bit of decoration and whatnot on the, on the walls, but it did feel a little bit more corporate, a bit more basic and what, whatnot. And of course, they got a shop, a shop in the basement, which was shut by the time I popped in there, so I couldn't really check out the venue, venue, the, venue the vinyl or the books. But um, yeah, seven euros for half a dark little bit. So, yeah, not not so great, but I, I could go there again. But city centre, though, isn't it? You know, it's... yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's the thing. It was nice, but you know, pretty much dead in centre. Yeah, two two metal places right right there. There's probably other sort of places that, that are sort of metal friendly as well, as well as Doctor Kilgore on the east side. But yeah, I had to make a point of um, doing that in principle. Of course, um, I also checked out uh, High Voltage, which was the I suppose the only exclusively metal vinyl shop uh, again in the beret um bit of a subdued vibe and a bit smaller than i was expecting um there's stuff there i could have spent more money but again prices are typical for vinyl yeah, so yeah. you're kind of limited really as metal uh, fans bit, we tend to get fleeced when it comes to vinyl that's that's it you know a mix of a mix of old and new releases and secondhand and whatnot only came away with one thing uh, from that shop and that was um and I got and I got it just because I thought it was twenty five euros and I had it. It would be nice to have. And that was the uh, the second album by Still Remains. Fucking hell, that's obscure. Yeah. <laughs> bit of a bit of naughty's vinyl. I thought, oh, no, actually, that's not too bad. So, what was that called? Is that the Serpent or something? The serpent, yeah, the serpent. yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, well, yeah. One with uh, the synth guitar. Was that yeah, I, I quite I quite liked the first, their first couple of albums. To be fair, yeah. Well, that's the only two albums I think. Really, they did it back then. Oh, was it? All right, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, they, they split up after, but uh, yeah. Um, yeah, my, the rest of the vinyl experience wasn't great because the couple of shops I also wanted to check out were shut on Sunday and Monday, and those were the only two days I probably had. That seems to be a common thing over there. Sundays and Mondays are like their rest days, but that's, that's how it is. And another shop that I could have checked out and was supposed to be open on the Monday morning was still shut by the time I got there. And I walked there in the pissing rain. I thought, no, it's not that. You missed your opportunity. Maybe next time. Love because what they, do, what they do have uh, in the Latin Quarter is, is what I'm referring to as Comics Corner, where there's about seven or eight comics slash nerdy shops around one junction of American comics and French Bob Dessinay. And, uh, well, we do need to keep you nerds all in one place, if possible. Exactly, basically, yeah, yeah, it's useful. So, um, yeah, I had to get there and... Um, yeah, that was fun. Like once my French improves, I can start buying French comics as well. But I won't. I won't go. Uh, I won't bring that. Ooh, <laughs> Too much. 
Question is, would you do it again? Would you go to Paris yes, again? Yes, yeah, I do, yeah. I mean, I, I it, it, because it was a very brief stay and it was pissing it down, um, as it was for all of us here still, Yeah. Um, it wasn't enough. You know, it, it wasn't enough. There's too much to do, too many things to buy. And like I say, I want to, when my French improves, I want to go over there and speak and do more and interact and buy more comics and vinyl. Um, so, yeah, I do want to get over there again at some point, definitely. No, uh, and yeah. Well, I, you know, they, people, you know, Brits have got a bit of a chip on my shoulder about the French, but lovely, lovely people, all very accommodating and friendly, happy to talk in English. Yeah. We've got a chip on our shoulder about everybody that's not British. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very true. Very true. So, uh, so look, th- th- there you go. There's, uh, you know, heavy metal wicker's world, I suppose. You know, next time you go somewhere, then he's fast aging us. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, one for the kids. But um but yeah, look, there you go. That was October. Um, November to come. We're getting towards the end of the year now. We're starting to really sort of think about albums of the year list. It's uh I'm pretty I'm I'm pretty much there, I think, with my top twenty. There might be a couple of others. Uh today as we're recording, the new Green Lung album came out. Which is uh, I like Green Lung, this is a bit of a shift in direction, really enjoyed that. Um and another band that, an album came out today that I'd never heard of called Spartanat. Um, yeah, Swedish, like fucking Leonard Skinner, basically. Absolutely loved that. So that's that might shuffle its way in. But yeah, we're nearly there, aren't we? It's been a strong year for, for heavy metal. So, oh, yeah. I mean, I've, never, I've, I've not listened to this many albums ever. It's been mad. Year. Yeah, it's been absolutely uh, mental. I, I mean, I will, I will try and tone it down and try to better identify what is going to appeal to me. Right, but because I've, I've I've sampled a lot this year, I thought let's let's listen to a lot. And there's a lot of stuff I've listened to once or twice, given a fair go, and you know it's not worked out. And I think I'll, and that's rather... the difference, isn't it? It's those albums that you keep coming back to. Isn't it? Yeah, and I'd rather try and just stick to songs here and there, and then give albums a proper go. Once yeah. I'm, I I think I'm gonna like it. You know, I'd, I'd rather spend more time listening to less albums. Yeah, and potentially and potentially have a top 100 that I'm really happy with rather than listen to 300 albums and manage to get a top 40 because yeah. I haven't listened yeah. to... There's probably stuff that we've missed over the year that you could love. You know what I mean? It's, Absolutely. It's, yeah. it's been very much well, like well, that. Well, so... just the time, that's the thing, and it's just yeah. limited for time. So Yeah, it is, it is. But we are, you know, we are getting there. We've got probably two or three more episodes left before we get to our end-of-year show. Uh, next week, we'll be back as normal. We're going to rank the Sepultura albums. So that'll yeah. be quite interesting because... Anybody who's been listening to this before, whenever Sepultura come up, Padre's almost very much, it's all about the Max Cavalera era of Sepultura, but, you know, the Derek Green era of Sepultura, it's, it's been around for 25 years now. So it's very much a part of it. So Bang on, bang on 25 yeah, years. Yeah, 25 years. So, yeah, that'll be an interesting one. And then the week after that, we've got a, uh, a, a guest that we're very excited about, but we'll talk about that a little bit closer to the time because that's going to be... Yeah. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun, that one. Really looking forward to that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Until then, thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll see you next week. Stay metal.